0: Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we have been discussing Dutch Sheets' book, Intercessory Prayer. Last week, we were discussing this quote from the book, Intercession creates a meeting. Intercessors meet with God. They also meet with the powers of darkness. Last week, we discussed the first part of that quote, meeting with God. This week, we're going to talk about his claim that we meet with the powers of darkness. Now, in this chapter, which is chapter four, he has a very interesting view of what happened at the cross now as we were discussing this earlier in the week you mentioned ew kenyon and that some of these teachings probably came from him
1: yes that's true
0: okay so we'll walk through what the bible actually says happened at the cross compared to what dutch sheets claims now as far as this relates to intercession here's what he says let's progress our thinking to the breaking aspect of intercession meetings, enforcing the victory at Calvary. Now that to me right there sounds like new apostolic Reformation teaching. Would that be correct?
1: Yes, that's the warfare worldview, as I call it. Okay. And much like the word of faith, which is based on Kenyan, there, there's an interesting and wrong understanding of what happened at the cross, which leads to a wrong understanding of the Great Commission, the role of the Christian, the role of the apostles, and so on, which uh, the NAR considers ongoing. Okay. And it really makes a lot of confusion for people.
0: Right. And we will actually talk more about that next week too, as we get to this idea of transferred authority. All right, so here's what Dutch Sheets says in regards to what happened at the cross. So if you happen to be following along in the book, this is page 66. Here's what he says. Satan's worst nightmare came true when with 4,000 years of pent up fury, Jesus met him at Calvary. The earth rocked, and I do mean literally with the force of the battle. Now, in parentheses, he has Matthew twenty seven fifty one, The very sun grew dark as the war raged. See verse 45, that's his note. At the moment of what Satan thought was his greatest triumph, he and all his forces heard the most terrifying sound they had ever heard. God's laugh of derision. And then he says, see Psalm 2, 4. Now, when I first read this, I thought, that's very imaginative, but this does not seem to be what we find in Scripture.
1: Yeah, it's very imaginative and creative, and I've seen that preached at meetings many years ago, and I've heard it on audio tapes, and it gets big applause lines. Uh, People get all excited, yeah. Look at what God did, and so on. But they're missing the point. Okay. And they uh, the point is isn't that Jesus is wrestling with Satan, but it's the the point is he's paying the price for sins once
0: for all. All right. So at the cross, Jesus pays the penalty for our sins, but none of these verses. Describe what he just described here. So maybe let's take a look at a few of those that, okay. that he references. So looking back, he says, The earth rocked, and I do mean literally with the force of the battle, Matthew 27 51. Do you want to read Matthew 27 51 for us?
1: Matthew 27 51. Well, let me start with verse 50. And Jesus okay. cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit and behold the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split Uh, that's what it says right there the earth shook and the rocks were split he didn't mention the veil being torn
0: right and this passage doesn't say anything about this being the force of the battle between Satan and Jesus.
1: It's about forgiveness of sins. And why is it the, such that the veil is rent from top to bottom?
0: Right. For listeners who may not know, what is the significance of that?
1: Well, it's it's if anyone other than a high priest having done everything appropriately would barge into the holiest place, They'd be dead. Right. The the real problem isn't Satan. It's God's wrath against sin because of rebellion and sin and alienation from God. So Christ paid the penalty for sins once for all. So the whole thing that's between the sinner and God and God's wrath against sin is the issue. Not how okay. Satan Satan and Jesus fought it out.
0: So then he goes on to, the very sun grew dark as the war raged. See verse 45. So if you want to read verse 45, let's see if this says anything about the battle.
1: Twenty-seven forty-five. Now from the sixth hour, darkness fell on the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli. Lama Tabachthani, which is, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is a citation of Scripture. Then some of those who were standing there, when they heard it, began saying, This man is calling for Elijah. And then others mocked and said, Let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, He yielded up his spirit. So this is Jesus dying for sins. And... The why have you forsaken me means that he is identifying with the lament in the Old Testament of people who have gone through sorrows and trials.
0: Okay. As
1: a matter of fact, rather than creating some ontological or Christological heresy by saying more than what the Bible says, And looking at the context and understanding this, what we're seeing is that Jesus made it possible, the sinless one, the virgin-born son of God who lived a sinless life, died for sins once for all. And so he bore what we could never bear because we would be damned forever. Yes. We're sinners. We can't go into the holy place. Okay. And so healing up his spirit means, if you look at the Luke version, where he says to the thief on the cross who did repent, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right. And then Matthew tells us the veil's torn from the top to the bottom. Only God could do that. Yes. And so now we have access to God and provided by Christ. Now in the warfare worldview this was a wrestling match between jesus and satan
0: right and that's what really comes through in these pages of dutch sheets book it it was this big wrestling match with jesus as the eventual victor
1: yeah and he calls this uh satan's worst nightmare came true yeah Well, there is a passage that says, had they known this, they would not have the rulers of this age would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay. Not clear where it's talking about the rulers, meaning the Jewish authorities and the Roman ones or the spiritual one It's probably both. Right. Oh, I've referenced that. That's in Corinthians, but here he's very imaginative and, uh, Here it says, at the moment of what Satan thought was his greatest triumph, he and all of his forces heard the most terrifying sound they had ever heard, God's laugh of derision. Again, very imaginative, but it's not what Matthew is telling us.
0: Right. And I'm I'm not even sure that's what what the psalmist was trying to tell us there.
1: Yes, uh, the debt is paid in full. That's true. But what is the yes. debt, and to whom was it paid?
0: Well, and that's a really important distinction. We talked a, a, lit about, a little bit about that last year in a, in a couple of episodes, but that's worth revisiting. To whom was the debt paid?
1: It was paid to God as a full payment for sins once for all. Right. That's why the curtain is mentioned. Okay. The way into the holiest place. Yes. Which would not be accessible. Okay. So the problem is sin, the wrath of God against sin, and the lost sinners who need a Savior. Right. God provides the Lamb.
0: Okay. Now, looking further down here, going down to page 67, that sheet says this. And yes, behind the scenes, it was violent. Captives were rescued. And he cites several passages that we can come back to. Bruises were inflicted. Again, several passages. Keys were exchanged and authority was transferred. Now, we don't have time to look at all of these passages, but my question is, is there somewhere in scripture where it says behind the scenes, it was violent? Do we even no, know what happened behind no, the scenes? That's,
1: not, that's very popular. Again, I've heard Word of Faith teachers fill in all kinds of details. Okay. And the New Apostolic Reformation has a slightly different version of the same idea. This is imaginative, and it makes a nice story, but there's not much of an effort to understand what Matthew is telling us. Okay. So the Holy Spirit-inspired author of the scripture determines the meaning, not the reader. Right. So Dutch Sheets isn't the author of scripture. He's a reader. So am I.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm
1: saying he's not taking this in proper context. Okay. His use of some words from the Greek or Hebrew again, are filled in with imagination rather than careful scholarly study to see what the author means by using that particular word. Right. Oh, here it says, captives were rescued, bruises were inflicted, and keys were exchanged, authority was transferred. That's an awful lot of theological concepts, bracketed scriptures, some of which, are scriptures that have been difficult and they've been discussed by scholars throughout church history. And so yes. the more obscure, the better these false teachers like it.
0: Right. Okay, well, so-, so one good example of that is this, and he cites this or brackets it at least, 1 Peter 3.19, captives yeah. were rescued.
1: I noticed well, that. Well,
0: that's a tricky passage.
1: Right. I noticed that too. So mm-hmm. that's where they get the idea that Jesus descended and held that in one of the creeds from church history. And so the really heretical version of this, which I can't say from this that Jesus believes it, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But EW okay. e. Kenyon claims that Jesus lost his divinity and becomes a mere man. Okay. I've got on tape from 1982, uh, Kenneth Copeland making that same claim. And that as a mere man, he has to fight with Satan. Wow. And minus his divinity, now we're going to see how this battle turns out.
0: Okay. Kind of goes back to the, the typical evangelical view of everything has to be fair.
1: Oh. Uh, Right, and even the idea of being able to do miracles, more miracles than Jesus. If Jesus did miracles through his divinity, then it's not fair. Right. The issue isn't fair. The issue is justice. And the justice is the soul that sins must die. Justice is the wrath of God is revealed from heaven, Romans 1. gets all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Just as is that we were lost and God's wrath abides on us. Yes. The solution is the sinless one, God the Son, the virgin born one, who, Jesus Christ, who is the very creator, okay, John 1 okay. 18. He, the sinless Savior, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, bore God's wrath. It's about bearing the wrath of God against sin. Going back to Genesis, God will provide the lamb.
0: Right. That is a beautiful picture of that.
1: Right. And so there's so many things that could be said, but what he's saying is taking things out of context, difficult passages that I believe we certainly have taught about and dealt with
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: reading his own view into it. Yes. Leaving his readers, not me, because I've spent decades debunking these things by doing actual exegesis of Jesus to the passages, but many people are deceived, thinking, oh, he knows something.
0: Yeah. Eden
1: and Jesus are battling in hell. Right. And that's the significance of the earthquake. So few people are trained to read the Bible in context so they understand the author's meaning. Yes. So they can tell us that Jesus, the earth was shaking because Jesus is fighting with Satan. Right. It is finished doesn't mean now we're going to have the ability to wrestle the demons and win. Okay. The way out. Is through forgiveness of sins.
0: That's right.
1: I wonder why, uh, now you read this and I read it. Does he mention anything about the veil of the temple being torn from top to bottom?
0: Nope. So just to kind of recap, he says the earth rocked with the force of the battle, which he says was Matthew 27, 51. We showed that the earth shook and the veil was torn into. Says nothing about the battle, and he conveniently leaves out the very significant part where the veil is torn in two. Then Mm. he says, The sun grew dark as the war raged. Well, all we know was that the sun grew dark. It doesn't say any war raged. And then he talks about this moment of, at the moment of what Satan thought was his greatest triumph, he and all his forces heard the most terrifying sound they'd ever heard god's laugh of derision matthew doesn't say that okay so we've got this whole thing built on imagination and zero attempt to try and determine what matthew was actually telling us
1: there's no attempt whatsoever to do exegesis which is how the author determines the meaning not the reader yes whatever else these apostles and prophets of the New Apostolic Reformation, like Dutch Sheets, claim they did not write Matthew. Right. Matthew wrote Matthew, and he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. If we are reading Matthew to understand the author's meaning, then that is the meaning we need to believe. Yes. Now, there's nothing about hermeneutics, which is, Interpreting the scripture that tells us the more um, vivid our, our imagination is, the better we're going to be at this. Yeah. You don't have to be the equivalent of a science fiction writer to interpret Bible. The author's <laughs> meaning doesn't change. Right. There are many implications and applications, but the meaning doesn't change. Okay. The author determines the meaning. Matthew was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The reader doesn't need to get some revelation. Now, Sheets is pulling out a Greek word or a Hebrew word or a bracket of scripture from here, there, and everywhere without doing enough proof to convince me that he knows what he's talking about. Right. What does 1 Peter 3.19 have to do with any of this he is assuming that proves his view
0: right now i'll just read that um, we have a few minutes left here sure. so 1 peter 319 it says this in which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison now, Dutch sheet's claim was that captives were rescued can we find that in that verse
1: i don't believe so it's been taught that way but read verse 18
0: Do you happen? Do you have that in front of you?
1: Uh, I will get it there quickly. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he may bring us to God. Okay. First part of verse 18. Then it says, having been put to death in the flesh, made alive in the spirit. Verse 19 goes on, which has always been considered something that we're not totally sure about. But we preached on this, and the fact is that it doesn't say Jesus went to hell. But look at verse 18. That, let me get my Bible in front of the camera here. Okay. It says this, as I read, He died for sins once for all the just for the unjust to bring us to God. That would fit nicely with Matthew 28. About the rent. Yes. We have access. We don't die. Okay. We're rescued from God's wrath. Right. So the problem isn't Satan and demons. That's a corollary in the sense that uh, once Eve and then Adam rebelled and listened to the serpent, she listened to the serpent, he was convinced, and they're kicked out of paradise. Yeah. But that's not the point. The point is he died for sins once for all to bring us to God, not to bring Jesus to hell to fight with Satan.
0: Right. And and nowhere in the in the first Peter three passage there does it say anything about some violent scene with Satan. It no, just says that's, he went to preaching the spirit.
1: spirit. Shook. You could look that up also in the old testament. That would often uh, be associated with a theophany, right? Okay, which it would be a man of God's power and glory at work. The earth shook. Okay, it's not telling us that Jesus is going to wrestle with Satan. Now, what do you get? Let's summarize this. What do you get if you believe that version rather than studying Matthew for what Matthew says, First Peter for what First per- Peter says and looking at the context and studying. You end up with a whole warfare worldview that's not biblical. Right. The real problem is God's wrath against sin. The solution is that Jesus Christ died for sins, the just for the unjust, to bring us to God. That's uh-huh. very significant. This other okay. stuff is all fill.
0: <laughs> right might might make for a make for a good novel should he choose to write one but it's not true
1: well if you realize that it was let's say a play I, I, it's trying to tell us something that's not true
0: right okay um
1: now if somebody's going to write a, a play make a play and do certain things they have what you might call artistic license but we don't have that with the meaning of scripture
0: exactly we okay. can't do that
1: yeah so uh dickens for example makes some interesting i was i'm sitting here looking at an old uh, record 33 and a third it's right in front of me the gospel according to scrooge that was done in the twin cities here okay uh, taking the christmas story and doing these things well, that's, you can say, well, I have artistic license. That's kind of interesting. That's not how you interpret scripture. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We need to know what Matthew said. And right now, Pastor Eric has been preaching through Matthew. I've been teaching Luke Acts for years. Yes. And there's nothing more powerful. Dear listeners, what is more powerful what god said through the holy spirit god the spirit the third person of the trinity inspired to biblical writers the holy spirit comes to us through the word okay so what's more powerful understanding what god said believing it and making valid application or having a wild imagination
0: right okay we need to know the word of god
1: and what is more helpful that Jesus Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust to bring us to God. Or, well, maybe this means, and all he claims it does, the earth was shaking because Jesus went into hell to fight with Satan.
0: Right. You know, I, there's nothing good to be gained from imagination.
1: no, no. There's liberty in some cases, in many cases. If you want to have stained glass windows and have that part of your church, if it's not distracting from anything, that's within artistic liberty. Okay. But it's not going to save anybody.
0: Right. And And if you really actually read the history of a lot of that, don't want to get us too far off I know. track, but I know. but a lot of that has roots back in the Catholic Church doing oh. services in Latin, which the common people didn't understand. Right, And so then it was left for the stained glass windows and the artwork to tell oh. the story because the priests sure weren't going to.
1: Well, the other thing it does is distract. I've been in many, even uh, various kinds of churches where you can hardly listen to the sermon because all this stuff is going on with the architecture. Right. And the last thing that's important is what the Scripture means. Yes. So, those who are listening to this, and I I can say this with the authority of God's Word, the Holy Spirit inspired the Scripture. The meaning of the Holy Spirit-inspired author is what God has said. Okay. Peter, 1 Peter 3, what he said verse 18 is that jesus christ died for sins once for all the just for the unjust to bring us to god that we okay. know yes and that fits with what it says right here uh, that jesus paid the price for sins that the veil was rent in two and we have access to god and intercession as we've talked also is access to the throne of grace the, the false teachers, and I'm not going out of bounds by calling Dutch Sheets a false teacher. He's a okay. serious false teacher. Yes. If he wants to debate this section of scripture, then do some exegesis in context and don't tell us a bunch of stories that sound interesting.
0: Okay. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others as well as years worth of articles at the website CICMinistry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramas.
1: And Bob DeWay.